Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to discuss why people blame technology or use technology as a scapegoat. No, no, no. All right, guys, welcome back. Thank you for joining me in this special edition of the show, uh, the, the pajama edition. The, um, it's really early on, on Thanksgiving morning, and um, I was supposed to record this yesterday, but I just thought, there's no way I'm going to record this if I have to go put on a shirt. So we're doing it in my pajamas. And my pajamas actually are not uh, are not too different from my regular shirts. Well, not different enough to really matter. But today we're going to talk about technology and why people use it as a scapegoat. This is not a question. I did not receive a question on this. This is more a pet peeve of mine, a bee in my bonnet. This is going to be a, you know what really grinds my gears? Uh, episode here um, but the implication of a pet peeve or the connotation is it's not really that big of a deal and for some reason this really small issue bothers you and the problem's more with you but I think here the problem is more with the issue it seems small it maybe seems like it's not that big of a deal um, but there is an epistemological issue here when people blame technology, when people use technology as a scapegoat, there's an epistemological issue there that uh, just, just kind of permeates other areas. And it's that epistemological issue. It's that flawed thought process that is uh, the real problem when people uh, blame technology or use technology as a scapegoat. I don't know. Have you ever heard anybody use this kind of reasoning there's there's something wrong with culture and when people do i don't know if you've heard of anybody doing this they say that technology is a fault like oh we have a short attention span because of twitter we used to be such great thinkers as a culture as a civilization until twitter came along with its 280 character limit and now People have a difficult time communicating, right? That's what is dividing us. Any cultural issue, it's it's Twitter. Just uh, it makes us, uh, you know, way more tribal and succumb to confirmation bias. It's Twitter's fault, or yes, uh, smartphones are distracting us. It's the smartphones that are distracting us, and now people are saying more and more, and they say it <laughs> like it's a definite fact. It is not a definite fact. It seems like a definite fact because everybody says it like it's a definite fact. It's a hypothesis that they assert as, as a fact. And that is uh, Instagram is causing uh, body image issues in young women and girls, you know, teenage girls. Um, and we know this because when the girls come into the clinic and we ask them why they have a body image issue or why they have an eating disorder now, they tell us it's Instagram. <clears throat> oh, well, now we know. Since you just, you just diagnosed yourself. Oh, thank you for clearing that up. Is the uh, sarcasm here, is that breaking yet? And I wasn't going to talk about this. I mean, I've talked about this before in different ways. Um, but I was at the barbershop not too long ago. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like a dude barbershop. It's kind of like a bougie dude barbershop. But it's a dude barbershop. And, and you go there, you know, they have the, the candy cane circular thing cylinder out front uh you know they have like a, a beer tap like oh you know we're dudes they have a street fighter 2 console and i was there and 
what these guys are talking about is this documentary on Netflix. I forget what it's called, but it was popular several months ago. This documentary on Netflix and that that uh, asserts the claim, and this came out around the same time as the Facebook whistleblower. That could you believe it? That Facebook actually engineers their pages. They do it consciously. They engineer their pages to make you stay more engaged with the platform. Who would have thought? So if you have an addiction, if you have a Facebook online social media addiction, the implication of this documentary is and you know, popular criticism. If you have this kind of addiction, the implication is it's not your fault and it's Facebook and their engineers. <clears throat> this big evil entity we call Facebook and their engineers, they're the ones doing it. Why is this such a pet peeve of mine? Why does this bother me so much? Because it places the, the locus of control, the control that humans have, it places it on the outside, which we all know is wrong. Like on a certain level, we all know it's not the right thing to do, but for some reason, when it comes to blaming technology, <laughs> when it comes to uh, having some kind of a cultural critique because of technology, then it's okay to do from the left and the right. And yeah, that's the problem. I mean, is it <clears throat> takes your locus of control and it places it outside of you? It says the reason why you do thing is this why you do something is this thing out there, and that may seem relevant in certain cases. But the problem is when you take that premise as fundamental then that argument acts as an infinite regress. Okay, so if you say, well, why do I have this problem with Facebook? Oh, it's, just, it's because of Facebook. It's because of the engineers at Facebook. Okay, so the engineers at Facebook have more control over your life than you have control over your own life. You're, you're taking what's, what's in you and placing it outside of you, and then you ask the question, and it's infinite regress, because then, then you say, well, where where does their locus of control come from? If your locus of, of control comes from somewhere outside of you, where does theirs come from? What gets them to to program um, Facebook to be the way that it is, to be engaging in the way that it is? Uh, right, right. It's the same. It's um logically. Sorry to put on my Spock ears here, but it's just logically incoherent on the face of it. And it's kind of intellectual lazy, intellectually lazy too. Like it, it just indicates that somebody has not thought about an issue. And I'm not saying we can't look at technology and see how that influences us, but that's clearly not what's going on right now. If, if we're talking about because of this whistleblower a couple months ago, right, whistleblower, because of what she was saying, and we're talking about regulating Facebook, you're, you're essentially saying this is controlling people's lives. Uh, and it's just not how technology works. I mean, the, the thing with technology is it's a tool, right? It's a tool that gets us to where we're going faster. If we don't like where culture is going and we're blaming technology, guess what? Culture was already going in that direction. Right? Facebook shows up and that just exposes a problem um, that we already have. And the corollary of this is the dopamine hypothesis. People love to bandy that around. I actually didn't watch that documentary on Netflix. Um, I know somebody who did. 
and they confirmed my suspicion suspicion about it. They just said, yeah, your, your assumption about it is right because your prejudice mark is always so much more accurate than anybody else's. Um, but the corollary of this is, is to think that we stay engaged in something like Instagram or Twitter or Facebook because of dopamine. Right? Like we just sit there and um, we have no control over it. At the, we, we look at the screen, we look at the computer screen that has all, all those thumbs up and thumbs down and it gives us a hit of dopamine, it, which is a good argument in, in a way because it's true. I mean, that stuff does keep you engaged through dopamine. But again, why do you want that dopamine hit in the first place? Why do you need that? Because you're in some kind of pain. You're in some kind of psychic stress. I don't know if you even know that you are, but you are. If you're addicted to these things, you are. And that's the easiest thing. That's the thing that's right there. If that wasn't there, believe me, you would find something else. And it kind of makes... Uh, Luditism, ludism. It makes being a ludite <laughs> on on the same level as wokeism. And there's tons of people on the right who are criticizing Facebook, saying, "Oh, it's this big evil empire that we need to 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 be um, diced up, or or we need to be heavily regulated." And okay, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to get into the politics of it. That doesn't matter. Maybe there's some argument to be made for regulating Facebook, but it's not because it engineers this platform to be more engaging. I mean, this is exactly, I mean, the reason I brought up the politics in the first place, because this is exactly what the CRT people do on the left, on the uh, Antifa woke academic left, is they say, um, society is so structured. There is, there is uh, such a structure to society that inherently forms, right? There are inherent hierarchies in society and the people at the bottom of those hierarchies do not have the freedom of the people at the top so it's silly to talk about freedom let's destroy the system and bring in some sort of egalitarian you know ideal there is something in a sense inherently wrong in humans that sets up the, these hierarchies that in, inevitably oppress people well you're making the same stupid argument the same stupid external locus of control, infinite regress argument that you would criticize somebody on the left CRT uh, making. Um, and I think the inverse of this, it also bothers me because we see the inverse of this now too. Um, the inverse is also true. Or the inverse argument is also equally uh, as invalid. And that is to think that um, technology will save us. That we don't need better ideas, right? Like we don't need more individuated people. We don't need more people in culture or in a civilization regulating their emotions, be, uh, gaining a stronger identity and more self-awareness from doing that. We don't need that. We just need technology. And I just uh, rewatched a favorite movie of mine, Apocalypto. Uh, and I'm, I might talk about this movie. Uh, got an email about this. I may talk about this movie in more in depth because I actually I wrote an essay about it when it came out and I just never did anything with it. But there are actually some good points in there. Um, Apocalypto, Mel Gibson movie came out in what was it? I, I guess it was 2006. Like it was, I guess it was winter or maybe December of 2006. Maybe you didn't hear about it because <laughs> it was 15 years ago now or maybe you didn't hear about it because 
Yeah, a few months prior, uh, Mel Gibson made some um, interesting comment about some people. So I think they had to push the, the release back and they're just, just kind of seemed to fly under the radar to me. But maybe that's my perception because I, I think the movie is so uh, incredibly awesome. But I'm watching Apocalypto and it's about the Mayan civilization, the collapse of it, and about this guy's journey throughout it and you see how it's collapsing. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, just just a great scene. A scene that I always latched onto and I really like. It's subtle. But when the priest is up there on the top of the pyramid and you're sacrificing the people to, you know, quench the thirst of Kukulkan. Um, and, he, you know, he's bringing out the prisoners, bringing out the captures, of which, uh, you know, Jaguar Paw is, is a part of. And, and yeah, they're, they're quenching Kukulkan. And, and they know Kukulkan is quenched when you get the, uh, the, the solar eclipse, right? That's Kukulkan's sign that says, okay, you've sacrificed enough. And when the priest looks up, that the priest stops the sacrifices and he looks up at the sun before there's an actual eclipse. Because he knows it's coming. He knows the sacrifices of these, uh, of these captives, of these men. He knows that's not what's causing the sun to darken out in the day. Um, he knows the solar eclipse is coming. Uh, boy, this is uh, this is uh, this is early. I mean, if if I told you how early uh, Chris, on uh, Thanksgiving morning this was, I'm recording this, you would be uh, horrified. Um, but um, let's go. I'm gonna finish this. So he's looking up, and he knows the solar eclipse is coming. For everybody else, says right, the masses don't get it. They don't understand what a solar eclipse is. The priest does. The priest and the king, they know. And that's just a great, uh, I call it the Mayan fallacy, the, the belief that technology is going to make your civilization inevitably better. You know, the Mayans, they had a better calendar than we have, better, I mean, more accurate. Now, whether they actually made the calendar themselves, that's debatable. Maybe it came from the Olmecs, the earlier civilization in that area that we know less about. Um, you know, the big Olmec heads, the Simpsons have one of them. Blood Feud, great episode. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's not up to technology to save your, your culture, right? That's not going to make it better. Uh, if, if your culture, is, you know, if your culture sacrifices people to this God, you know, literally, like, sacrifices their lives to, to the, a God, um, you're, you're just going to use it to manipulate people in, in more nefarious ways. Um, that's what people think. It's so like with Bitcoin. I don't know. Like I'm not a Bitcoin expert, um, but I just think there's a, a lot of hype around Bitcoin. And, and I, I have a Bitcoin. I, I think, I don't know if it's a good investment. I, I, I view it more as a guerrilla warfare against central banking. But I think Bitcoin's great. But look, guys, it's not going to save us. It's not going to be some catch-all that saves us. Like, you know, that, that's what America was set up. America had their own Bitcoin set up it was uh, the, the dollar was backed by gold we were on the gold standard that was our the bitcoin of the 19th century well what happened to that you know i mean you can blame central banking you know put on your tinfoil hat there were ideas i mean you know you can't blame that again because like there are ideas in throughout the 19th century that had roots before the 19th century that effectively, I'm going to get, need to get into it now, that effectively said, 
what's a dollar anyways? Right? It, it doesn't matter what the, what the dollar is. The collective matter is more. You need to set up institutions that bolster the collective as opposed to the individual. And a central bank where you can print money, it, it effectively does that. Right? It makes the, the, the central government more powerful. And that's what we need to, have, to live more of a utopian uh, to have of more, live in more of a utopian society. It's just, it's not some guys meeting on Jekyll Island. I mean, if you think that's what's going on, I mean, that's part of it. But, you know, it's way, um, it's, it goes way deeper than that. It goes back to culture. It goes back to ideas. Same thing with, you know, it's the same issue with blaming Facebook. Okay, yeah, Facebook may influence us to some degree, and it's good to be aware of that. Uh, but there's cultural issues here. You know, there's psychological issues that you have. Facebook shows up, you latch on to that. It's not Facebook showing up, right? It's it's you latching on to that. It's you needing something to latch on to. You know, same thing with, uh, with drugs. I mean, people who say that drugs are either all bad or all good. Again, these, these things are just tools. These things are tools that we use. Um, did the alcohol make you an alcoholic? No. And, and it's crazy to say this, but there's a, a, a non-zero amount of, of therapists and psychologists out there who would really think that if you just got rid of the alcohol, then the alcoholism, your dependence on it, is cured. And that's true, but, you know, you, you just take that alcoholism out on something else. You become a Facebookaholic or whatever. Is it the thing out there? No, of course not. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, is Bitcoin going to save us? Uh, you know, <clears throat> I, again, I mean, people thought they had a pretty sound financial system way before Bitcoin was ever invented. It doesn't really matter. Like, I don't know. These things are created by humans. They can be manipulated by humans. And by the way, I mean, what if there's a, a big solar flare and the electrical grid goes out for three years? You know, you think Bitcoin's coming back? Less likely. So that's the video for this week. I, you know, I just wanted to. Um, I just want us to be to, to be wary because you know it's easy to go on Twitter. It's easy to say, oh, you know, uh, victimhood is such a problem. Oh, but Facebook, look what Facebook's doing. Oh, oh, look this uh, th this uh, whistleblower. Oh, Facebook is destroying us and it's it's Facebook's fault uh, oh yeah and, and, and you know people do the same thing I know I brought this up with the opiates and uh, opiates in the white community crack in the black community and we think that it was the crack and oh the CIA implanted crack I mean maybe the CIA did put uh, crack in the black community uh, but if crack comes along and, and destroys the black community it was already destroyed, like that great uh, Will Durant quotation at the beginning of Apocalypto. A civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself from within. Same thing with an individual. An individual is not conquered from without by pixels on a screen before it's that individual is first uh, already conquered. Right? They just have no compass. They have no... Uh, emotional regulation and no identity so yeah facebook shows up and your you know your aunt uh whatever debbie's complaining about something and you know you're off you're off to the races is it your aunt complaining on facebook i think it is something else
So that's my rant for this week. Uh, thank you guys. Hope this wasn't too terrible. Um, and yeah, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this is uh, one of my favorite holidays. I guess uh, you know, it's like uh, my favorite holidays. It's like my favorite GNR song. Well, whatever GNR song I'm listening to at the moment, that's my favorite song, and that's how I kind of feel about holidays. Hey, I mean, that's the the idea behind ritual. Is it works. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday now because today's Thanksgiving. Like now is the time in the year to have Thanksgiving, so it's my it's gonna be my favorite. Like I wouldn't like as much as I like Christmas or Fourth of July. I wouldn't want a Fourth of July now. It's not time. Um, so I'm happy about that. And I, I guess in the spirit of, of Thanksgiving, I just want to say thank you to uh, to the listeners, to the viewers out there. We're at two thousand subscribers, which Boy, that really seems a lot <laughs> for a channel. This dude just, uh, you know, talks into uh, <clears throat> talks into a screen for for twenty minutes. Um, yeah, a show that, that may may as well be produced by uh, Hugo Chavez. What? That that's how you have a TV show. You just talk into a screen for four hours. Um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys, you know, resonating with the ideas I talk about here. You know. That means more than anything. Uh, you know, listening to your feedback, listening to, to how you uh, interpret it. Um, you know, it's just great. I, I really appreciate that. So, so thank you for that. I think I made you. I, I did a, a 1K video. I think it was last Christmas, right, a year ago, uh, where, where I, I did like a special tour of uh, my bookshelf. Maybe I'll do something like that for 2K. I don't know. Maybe I gotta think of something, um, but I'll get back to you on that, or maybe I'll do some extra video. So that's it, guys. Thank you for watching. You know, I gotta say, we do free consultations, animusempire.com/schedule. I mean, we do a kind of therapy here that you know, if you really want to bolster yourself, want to understand what it's like to individuate, to take those unconscious issues and make them conscious in a healthy way. Um, we have a therapy here that, that has delineated that process for doing it. And you know we can take you through it and you're gonna get there, right? No, I can't say exactly how long it takes. There's temperament, there's trauma issues that uh, may slow down the process or, or may speed up the process, you know, it just depends on where you are. But we can get you there. And I think that's more important to have a clear path laid out for you. Abstract though it may be, a path nonetheless a path laid out for you where, okay, here, here's how your psychology works. And because this is how your psychology works, here's how it would be helpful to talk through your issues. Um, what you do with that information, here's uh, a, uh, an endpoint to therapy that we all need to get to. Um, not that there's ever a definite endpoint to therapy, right? There's always more processing of emotional issues, but we can at least put you within a framework. If you're interested in that, again, free consultations, animusempire.com slash schedule, of course, uh, yeah, my book, animusempire.com slash book to, you know, just to see what's going on here and see what I mean by emotional regulation and boundaries and what emotions have a structure. Really? Yeah, they have a structure and it's not too complicated. Uh, makes them less complicated to work through. You know, still difficult, still difficult, um, but at least we can make it simple. All right. So thank you guys. And remember, uh, uh, don't remember anything. Just have a happy Thanksgiving.